This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So I want to share with you guys, prepare the way. Okay, so I, I'm a, I must confess I have an agenda with this message. I want to get you to sign up for next weekend, if you haven't yet. Okay, so I'm trusting by the end of this message, you will be really, really excited to uh, be at Open Heavens. But I also want to, I want to prepare our hearts. I want to prepare, I want to help us prepare the atmosphere so that we can receive all that God wants to do. Okay, so God loves to do new things. He loves to do new things. And that new thing that he does is to come and refresh us. So if you, if you want to have like a metaphor or a picture of a spiritual reality, it's like the wilderness or the desert. It's a dry place. Eh? The desert's a dry place. There's not a lot of life. And God wants to release rivers of living waters into the desert, into the dry places. And if we look at the church over the last 2,000 years, it was birthed in Pentecost. So there was like... Rivers of life of the Holy Spirit poured upon the church. The church was birthed. But then over time, there are these ebbs and flows. So Pentecost was a new thing. But over time, the new thing becomes an old thing. And then the old thing needs to be revived. The old thing needs to be awakened. And I believe that's what God is doing right now. That's what he wants to do in our lives. That's what he wants to do in the church. He wants to revive The church. So I tell you, it's such an exciting time to be alive. God is moving. So you guys missed the first service. So, so we had the privilege of, of welcoming about 50 new members to the church in the first service. Huh? Come on, give Jesus praise for that. God is, God is, and it's not just about the numbers, it's the life change. So many of the people that were standing, they were standing like all the way around. And, uh, and just to see how their lives have been changed. So it's not just about the numbers, it's about the reality of Christ. About lives being changed. So God is moving. God is moving. And I'm like, Lord, I want to be part of what you're doing. So I've been sharing over the last few weeks about our, our trip to um, Shofar Wellington and Paul. We had incredible ministry there a few weeks ago, like what, three weeks ago. And... Yeah, I mean, I said it before, but it, it was the most powerful ministry weekend I have experienced in South Africa. Most powerful weekend. It was like God was moving, but so beautifully. So I spoke to Pastor Gilly, the pastor at, at Paul, um, chauffeur Paul, and he, I uh, spoke to him this week and he told me, Andre, because he's been hearing all the testimonies and people talking of what God did in that one weekend. And he told me in that one weekend, it was like two years of ministry happened in one weekend. It was incredible. I mean, bodies being healed, hearts being restored, people being delivered, people coming to Christ. So many things happened because God was moving. He was pouring out rivers of life. In the desert. And he wants to continue doing that. And he wants to pour our life into our lives. And as I said a few weeks ago, I want to emphasize this again. Jesus gives us one of the key truths. 
if you and I want to receive a new thing, the, the, the new thing that God is doing, if we want to receive this new thing, if we want to prepare the way of the Lord, then we need to embrace this truth that Jesus said as he was lamenting about Jerusalem that kills the prophets. And he said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You will not see me again. You will not see Christ again until you embrace this heart attitude. This heart attitude of honor where you can say whoever, where you have eyes to see who the Lord is sending to pour his goodness out into our lives. We need to say, blessed is he or she who comes in the name of the Lord. And then we're going to see Jesus. And so I want to encourage us for this coming weekend, for next weekend, may our hearts embrace that attitude of honor. Not to look at people in the eyes of the flesh, but by the eyes of the spirit. Blessed is Hank who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. (laughs) And you will see Jesus. You will see Jesus. I've seen this at Shofar Wellington and Paul. I mean, it's just incredible. You walk in there and... God shows up because of a humble heart attitude. Hey, you carry something from the Lord. We don't worship people, but we honor what they carry. And for that, you need the right heart attitude. And that's what I want to sort of get to in this message. I want to help us find this virtue, which I will unpack in a moment. But look at this, Isaiah 43. I want to share a few things of how we can prepare the way. It says, verse 18, but forget all that. The New King James speaks of of the, do not remember the former things. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? It's like the, 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 the prophet is like prophetically saying, Hey, are you seeing it? Do you have eyes to see what God is doing? And it says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. And in verse 20, it says, Yes. I will make rivers. The next slide. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland. So my chosen people can be refreshed. Refreshed, a reviving, an awakening, a revival. As the Lord pours spiritually, pours out rivers of life upon his people. Sometimes like you come alive. You are made new. And so I want to highlight this truth. If you hold on to the old, then you won't see the new unfold. If you hold on to the old, you won't see the new unfold. This is a trap that we can fall into, that we hold on to what the Lord did in the previous season, so we're missing what he's doing now. Often this new thing that God is doing is 
a lot the same as what he did say on the day of Pentecost. But from where we're standing, we're standing in the old, the dry, and we need a reviving. So if we want to embrace the new, we need to let go of the old. And, and we see that in that passage in Isaiah 43, it says, it says, but forget all that. Forget all that. Do not remember the former things. In other words, don't hold on to the old. Don't hold on to the old. Don't hold on to what God did last season. Although we celebrate it, we're thankful for it, we rejoice in that. But we don't hold on to that. Because if we hold on to the old, you're not going to see the new unfold. You're not going to see it. You won't have the eyes. And what also will happen if we hold on to the old, it's not just you missing out on what God's doing. You're going to keep others from receiving what God's doing. Because of the way we speak, the way we live, we tend to influence the people around us. And it it really comes down to our heart attitudes. A childlike, a childlike attitude coming to God. I'm just so excited. And sometimes the old is our disappointments. Sometimes we take that to heart and that keeps us. We, we stuck in the old. We stuck in the disappointment. We're stuck in what God didn't do. And then it inhibits us from receiving what God is wanting to do. So you need to let go of the old. You need to let go of the disappointments. You know, in general, we tend, as people, we are afraid of new things. And so in the natural and in the spiritual. So I love this story. There's about a mayor in the United States. There's a picture. New York City Mayor Fiorello La Guardia. Do you know what happened in the 1930s, 40s, when he was the mayor? There was these evil things that entertained the young people of that time. Do you know what it was? Almost too bad that I can't say it. Pinball machines. I kid you not. Everybody was freaking out about young people being obsessed with pinball machines. You know what pinball machines like? You've got two levers and you hit this little ball. I'm like, if they knew what our young people would be doing now. (laughs) But it was new. And they were like, oh, our younger generation are obsessed with these pinball machines. We're losing the generation. So you know what this guy did? He took a sledgehammer in front of news cameras. And he crushed pinball machines and they threw it into the river. I kid you not. Because of these evil, bad, new things. (laughs) They say... Then after he did this, then mayors across America started banning pinball machines. Police literally went door to door seeking out the forbidden game. I'm like, if only our kids would play pinball. (laughs) We tend to oppose anything new. And it's the same in the spirit. And sometimes this new thing is simply the old that God is doing again. It's Pentecost Again, and we're like, we're scared, we're afraid because it's not our context. We, we've, we've gone through maybe originally life, but we've gone through dry and, you know, the, the, the new over time becomes the old. 
unless God renews it. All churches go through that. All believers go through that. When you were, just came to Christ, you were like, God, oh, it's amazing what God did in your life. And you're holding on to that. But don't hold on to it so much that you miss what God is doing now. What he wants to add to your life. And so, so often, especially our formative years and our, our church background, our context, our church tradition, that old can immunize us from the new. Because that's not my context. That's not, that's not how we do it. The question is, what is God doing? Partner with what he is doing. If you hold on to the old, you will not see the new unfold. And so I want to help us to let go of the old. And I believe the Lord is moving. I believe God is wanting to do incredible things this coming weekend. But we have to have the right heart attitude. And how do we, how do we embrace the new? Wonder. Wonder, come on, say wonder. Wonder is the key to see. Wonder is the key to see. And it speaks of a heart attitude. What is wonder? Wonder defined. It's a feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful. Is there anyone more beautiful than Jesus? Because if you're not amazed at Jesus, you need a renewal. You need a touch from heaven. He's beautiful. He is remarkable. And it says they're also all unfamiliar. In other words, we cannot become familiar. We cannot become used to life in the kingdom. We need to have wonder. We have to have childlike faith. And a joy and an excitement of who God is and what he is doing. But if we receive a cynical, critical, disillusioned, negative, judgmental mindset, you're going to miss it. And if you hold on to the old, you're definitely going to miss it. So we need eyes to see. And wonder is the key to see. So I was, I was reading an article by Kiri Newoff, a, a wonderful Christian leader, and he, and he said the following. He said, cynical Christianity is nothing new. But it seems like more and more Christians are increasingly negative, distrustful, and pessimistic. Especially when it comes to other Christians. So it's not just negative in terms of the world. It's like Christians are judging Christians. And so we can't receive. We're not going to say blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Because I found something wrong. I found something wrong in your theology. Oh, I just don't like the shirt you're wearing. I can't trust you. I'm not receiving from you. And you won't see Jesus. You're missing out. Speaks of that heart attitude. The enemy tricks us. And so it's say, for instance, it's, he said the Asbury revival emerged. It was a move of the spirit among students in the U.S. And, and, and he says the cynics were all over it. Cynicism makes you contemptuously distrustful of human nature. In other words, cynicism is everybody's selfish. I can trust no one. So you might sound fine, but I don't trust you. You have a scheme. You have an agenda. And I'm not receiving from you. And so the enemy tricks us with this, with this attitude, this cynicism that makes us contemptuously distrustful of human nature. 
And he says, it, and he says, it's easy to say, I'm just being realistic. But scratch the surface on most realists and you quickly discover realism is a polite word for cynicism. Now I'm just being real. No, you've just lost your faith. You've lost your childlike wonder and you're justifying it because of maybe the disappointments of the past. Maybe you trusted in the Lord. You prayed for somebody and they died. They didn't get healed. And you're like, I'm over it. And so you became realistic, a realist. No, maybe your heart just got wounded and you're missing out on all God wants to do. Wonder is the key to see. So I'm trusting this morning that our hearts would be healed, that our hearts would be restored. Of all the people on earth, Christians should be the least cynical. Because the, the gospel is the hope of the world. We should be the most amazed. The, 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 those who embrace wonder more than anyone else. And I tell you, sometimes it's the Christians that are the most negative, cynical, critical, judgmental on the planet. And I'm like, Lord, please, I don't want to be like them. I don't want to be like them. <laughs> I don't want to miss what you're doing, God. I want, to be, I want to be the one that trusts you. I want to be the one that trusts you. So let's let go of the cynicism. And then when it comes to the new, there will always be those who oppose the new. And so Jesus spoke to his disciples and he, he prepared them. Jesus knew that there's a new thing coming. It's called Pentecost. And he knew that with this new thing, those who hold on to the old will persecute those who embrace the new. And so this is what Jesus says now in John chapter 16, verse 1 to 3. He says, these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. So guys, I want to warn you. Because you're going to have wonder. You're going to be so excited. But everybody is not going to be excited as you. And they're probably not going to be silent either. They are probably going to speak to you. Or oppose you. Or persecute you. But he's saying, I'm, I wanna, I wanna, I'm, I'm sharing this with you so that you would not stumble. So that you would not be offended. So that you would not be surprised when everybody's not excited as you about church or what God is doing. There's a verse two. It says, they will put you out of the synagogues. So in our context, it would be, um, you are not welcome in some churches. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. Now in our context, praise God, you know, we're not getting killed most of the time. But it's the same assault. The enemy wants to say things. People will say things to wound you in your heart. So that you'd be offended. So that you would become cynical. And so there are all these voices. These voices going around. And it says, and these things they will do to you because they've not known the Father nor me. So, so they're, they're missing out on that intimate place with God. And so... This is what we're seeing. Christians persecuting Christians. Those who hold on to the old persecuting those who are going for the new. And so if we look at scripture, the Old Testament, it was a God thing, right? The Old Testament, that was of God, right? I mean, Moses on the mountain for 40 days in the glory. That was a new thing. That was amazing. It was incredible. 
It was God. But what happened? Now, Jesus came. They missed the Messiah. God does a new thing, Pentecost. And then there are those who held on to the old. And so they missed the new. And they persecuted the new. And so one needs to be aware of it. The old was the new, but then it became old. It became dead religion and keeping people from receiving the new. So don't lose your wonder. Don't allow the opinions of people to cause you to lose your wonder. Don't allow disappointments to cause you to lose your wonder. So Isaiah 40 verse 3. And this speaks about preparing the way for this renewal that God wants. It says the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So that word speaks of John the Baptist that prepared the way for Jesus, the new thing. And, and in the same way, I believe the Lord raised up, raised up voices to stand in dry places like East London and say, Lord, we prepare the way for you. Come, come and change our city. Come and change this region. God, come and revive your church. But the truth is the enemy also has a voice and they are quite active. So uh, we've been praying around the city Thursday evenings and uh, two weeks ago, uh, we were going to pray in Dorchester Heights on the Thursday evening. On the Wednesday evening, uh, JP, who lives in that region, he was running in the hills there with some other guys. And then as they were on their way back home, they heard someone shouting, but like loudly. And they were like, what is this? And as they came closer, as you would just run over the Nahoon River, there was a man, a Sangoma, standing on the river, Shouting to the river. Leister for my. A black man speaking Afrikaans. So either Afrikaans is the heavenly language or the language of hell. I don't know. But the guy was in Afrikaans prophesying to the, to the river. Prophesying to the city. Not the will of Jesus. But another's will. And so the enemy is active all across our city they are building altars. They are, they are wanting to keep a move of God from happening. The enemy is using people who just don't know what they're doing. But it says the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And if we want to prepare the way of the Lord, we need to embrace prayer. That's key number one. Prepare the way. How? The prayers of the saints. We need to pray. We have, I mean, on Thursday night, we were praying around the city and I just heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you have a voice, use it. You have a voice, use it. Don't be silent. But the enemy wants to silence us. As you're driving around or walking around or moving around, proclaim the will of God over your workplace, over your home, over your community, over the city. Because the enemy is speaking. So let's renounce uh, the, the, the name of Jesus is way more powerful than the voice of the enemy. So verse four, it says, every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The voice of the enemy wants to do the opposite. It wants to build mountains. It wants to make valleys. It wants to make places crooked so that Pentecost cannot happen again. So that there cannot be a move of the spirit. But then verse 5, it says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. 
You see, when God speaks, it's going to be. So I want to encourage you. So three things I want to quickly unpack. Number one, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's speak. Let's agree with heaven. Let's release the will of God to make the crooked places straight. Number two, we need God encounters. And number three, we need prophecy. We need the word of the Lord. And that's what next weekend is all about. To unlock a greater measure of the prophetic. So Acts chapter 8 verse 1. So here we see a man called Saul who held on to the old. And he became the opposition for the new. And he was radical. He was ruthless. It says now Saul was consenting to his death at Stephen's death. that He was stoned to death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church which was a Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. And I, I, I feel like at this time, the greater persecution is like the, just those who hold on to the old, they resist the new, and they persecute the new. So don't be surprised. Verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house, And dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. The persecution backfired. Persecution makes us stronger. Just don't be wobbled by voices, other voices. And so the church obviously prayed a lot. And they prayed for Saul. And then that prepared the way for the God encounter. And so Saul, on his way to Damascus... Jesus appeared like with the glory of the sun and this opposer of the new. After his encounter with Jesus, this angry, proudful man became the biggest supporter of the way, of the new. And I believe that's what God wants to do. He wants to make, he wants those who oppose to have an encounter with Jesus so that they will become the, become the biggest Supporters of the new. And and we need to pray for that. But when persecution comes, you and I need something to carry us through that. Do you know what you need? You need a word from the Lord. You need a word from the Lord. So just to set the stage for next weekend, in terms of prophecy, um, four or five years ago, there was a lady here in church. Her name is Nastasha Kortzer, married to Stefan. They moved to Cape Town. And when she was here, we could really see like she's an evangelist. There's something being unlocked in her life, her identity, her destiny. And so I prophesied over her. I prayed for her. She recorded it. And I had some crazy prophecies about four or five years ago. Just crazy thing from where she was there saying, this is what God is going to do in your life. So about two weeks ago, she sent me a message. She forwarded to me the prophecy. And she said, Andre, all of this is happening right now in my life. Let me give you a few examples. I saw a picture, a vision of her being on fire by the Holy Spirit, her heart, her mind, her whole being. I, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me that she is going to raise up many, many, many laborers in the kingdom of God. Evangelists. That's happening right now. I saw, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, I'm giving you grace to, to accurately have words of knowledge like someone like Sean Boltz. And she's saying she's hearing God. I mean, she would go onto the streets and the Lord would tell her exactly what's happening in somebody's life. And she would share that with them and they would be blown away. The reality of God would be revealed to them and she would lead them to Christ. 
I saw a vision of her standing on a stage with many, many, many people in front of her. It's happening right now. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to, I want to, I'm sharing that because I want to show you prophecy is real. And you need it if you want to unlock your true identity and your true destiny. You, you need, and, and the prophetic word not only stirs your faith, but it also unlocks who you are in Christ. And so I've been praying for years. My Lord, raise up the fivefold in this church, evangelists and prophets and pastors and teachers and so forth. And the Lord is beginning to do it. And I believe this coming weekend is critical to unlock a greater measure of the prophetic. So key number two, you need to prepare to prepare the way transformation comes through a God encounter. As I said, Paul or Saul encountered Jesus. No one was going to argue him into the kingdom until Jesus shows up. And he's like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> and so we need to demonstrate the kingdom. So there's such a beautiful testimony by Evan Roberts. He was the leader of the Welsh revival in 1904, 1905. And, the, and he says, um, I felt the living power pervading my bosom. He was in a prayer meeting and he, he says, it took my breath away and my legs trembled exceedingly. He says, this living power became stronger and stronger as each one prayed until I felt that it would tear me apart as the glory of God came. He says, I fell on my knees with my arms over the seat in front of me. My face was bathed in perspiration and tears flowed in streams. I cried out, Bend me, bend me. When you get into the presence of God, you start crying out like that. Bend me, God, change me, Lord. Because you see, revival begins with you. Begins with you, begins with me. Bend me, he cried. He says, it was God's commanding love which bent me. And what peace flooded my bosom. He says, They say after that, before this encounter, he was a gloomy, serious personality. Afterward, he radiated tremendous joy. So there's hope for some of us. (laughs) Tremendous joy. He says before this encounter, he was a timid and hesitant speaker. Afterward, he spoke with authority and boldness. Before this encounter, he was physically weak and couldn't walk far. Afterwards, he could walk for miles to carry the good news without growing weary. What a transformation. The result, a 100,000 souls came into the kingdom of God. Because of the prayer, because of the encounter. You need an encounter. But you have to linger. You have to make space. You have to say, Lord, I am here to have next, like next week. God, I'm here. To meet with you. God, I'm here to have an encounter with you. God, I am here to hear your voice. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so yesterday we had such a beautiful wedding. Uh, Sharky and Cindy got married yesterday. There's a photo. Woohoo. It was the most radical wedding I've been at for years. Like for years. I haven't seen something like this. They were testifying about Jesus and what God has done. It was so beautiful. They told me, Andre, when you give the message, make an altar call. Call the people to turn to Jesus. I'm like, yes. 
Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Let's do it. And a few people raised their hands, praise God, to commit their lives to Christ. It was wonderful. Now, to give you some backstory, now, Cindy, in 2019, November the 4th, 2019, she has a Baptist background, came to our freedom encounter. Monday night, 4 November. I have a word of knowledge that people are struggling with neck pain, neck problems. Six or seven people come forward. She's one of the six or seven. As we pray for them one by one, Jesus heals them. As I pass her and praying for the next person, the power of God comes upon her and she falls to the ground. Baptist background. She's not a courtesy dropper. You know, some people are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the power of God struck her. She fell to the floor. Now, let me give you some context. Eight years before that, 4 November 2011, she had a horse riding accident. The horse threw her off. She hit her head against a wall and she was taken to hospital. Eight years before, she was lying in hospital on a stretcher. Terrified that she'll never be able to, to run or do sports again. She's, she's won the world champs triathlon under 19 and Africa champs and so forth. She's really gifted. And she had this, this accident. And so for eight years, she's had back problems and neck problems until that night. Eight years later to the day, she's lying on the floor in the presence of the great physician. And Jesus healed her. Jesus restored her. Amen. And also she shares that after that encounter, for the next four months, she says the spirit realm was more real to her than the natural realm. It unlocked a prophetic grace upon her life that we're seeing. Within three years, she's grown so much. And praise God, Sharky as well. God has transformed his life as well. But that encounter changed, shifted, healed, and awakened her heart, her spirit to the spirit realm. And I'm like, God, do it again. What about this weekend? God, do it again. A hungry people. A humble people, ready to receive an encounter with the living God. I want to say to you, let go of the old. You might say to me, Andre, I've been coming to church for years and I've never encountered God like anything like that. Well, let go of what was and receive by faith what Jesus died for you. He paid the price so that you can have an encounter with Jesus that will rock your world. Sometimes the encounter is simply you're in worship and the Lord transforms you. You don't see anything on the outside, but something happened here. Your love for the Lord has been renewed. You fall in love with Jesus again. He's revived you, restored you. So I want to encourage you. Come this weekend. I said, that's my agenda. I want to encourage you to come to this weekend. Come and linger. Come hungry. Come to encounter Jesus. Come to hear his voice. And then lastly, prepare the way number three. Prophetic words. You need it. We see it with the apostle Paul when he was Saul and a night. So, so Saul was struck blind and he was for three days blind and he was in this house somewhere and he was obviously shocked like his whole life has been a, a lie. Realize he's fighting against Jesus instead of fighting for Jesus, the true God. And so he was blind and he was having visions from God. And then the Lord appeared to a man called Ananias in a vision. And Jesus said to him, I want you to go to this specific house, this specific street. I want you to go pray for Saul. And then Jesus revealed to Ananias Paul's destiny. 
So look at this scripture. This is Acts 9, 15. But the Lord said to him, that's Ananias, go for he, Saul, is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Not the most exciting prophetic word, the second part, I guess. Eh? I was like, oh, no, that's not a good prophetic word. I don't like that prophetic word. But I'd say, hey, you're going to be my witness to the nations and you're going to pioneer my new thing that I'm doing in the earth and you're going to have opposition because that's part of the game. But I will be your strength. I will carry you through this all and, and poor God use him to impact the world so, so powerfully. Last passage I want to share. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19 to 21 to set the stage for next weekend. It says, Do not quench the spirit. Don't be cynical. Don't be unbelieving. Don't allow the things of the of the past, the old things to keep you or others from experiencing the fullness of God. Don't be in the way. Be for the way. Pray with us. Stand with us. Then it says, do not despise prophecies, meaning prophecy still for today. But don't despise it. Because maybe a disappointment. Don't despise. And then verse 21. But taste everything. Yep. And hold fast what is good. So last year's Open Heavens Conference. I had massive breakthrough in my own life. At that weekend. And I came to everything with eyes of wonder. I'm like, I'm only looking for what God is doing. I'm not looking what he's not doing. So I was like. That's when the guys would prophesy over people, some of the speakers, like, oh, that is so accurate. How would they know? They don't know the person. And they, just, they know things they cannot know. It was so accurate. And then there were other times, like, I don't know if that's God. That's just themselves, maybe. And then other times, like, oh, I really don't know if that is of God. But I was like, I'm coming with a heart of wonder. I'm like, but that's God. And I'm running with that. So in the one case, there was a lady. She was called out by one of the speakers. And he prophesied over her, over her so accurate of what she's going through in the season of her life. So half of the prophecy was like, I mean, she was crying. I mean, it's like God sees her. It's beautiful. But then the second part of the prophecy didn't fit so well. So it was about work and it was not of uh, really her. You know, she's in sales, but it wasn't really what her situation. And then the prophecy was, you're going to have the best financial year ever. Okay. Now let's fast forward a year later. She had the worst financial year of her life. So what do you do? Offended. Oh, false prophet. Oh, prophecy doesn't work. What's your response? Now, the beauty of the story is this. Her friend sat next to her. Her friend said to her, the moment he started to prophesy about work and sales, she's in the same industry, sales, real estate. The moment he started to prophesy about sales and finances and things like that, she said, like, but that's exactly my situation. And she told her friend, that word is for me. She was sitting right next to her. That word is for me. 
And so that the lady was in the previous service and she raised her hand to confirm. She had the best financial year of her life. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? But if you come with a cynical attitude, it's like, ah, oh, caught you out, you false prophet, you. Of the devil. Ah. I tell you, I think God gives us things at times. He allows it to test our hearts. He gives you enough to, you, you can be offended if you want to. Or you can have a heart of wonder. Say, I don't understand everything. And there's mysteries when it comes to the things of God. But Lord, wow. So the first part is for the lady that stood. The second half was for the lady sitting next to her. Spot on. It happened. According to the word of the Lord. Amen. So I want to encourage you when we come with a heart of wonder. It's looking for what God is doing. Not what he's not doing. Because sometimes you know, no one's perfect. Sometimes we prophesy from our own understanding. And sometimes we just don't understand what God is doing. So I want to encourage you next weekend. If one of the speakers prophesy over somebody. And it resonates with you. Just shout. That's for me. Amen. Take it. Take it. The Lord responds to childlike faith. But if you hold on to the old, you will not see the new unfold. It's only through wonder. Wonder is the key to see. It takes humility. And we need to let go of our past disappointments. I tell you, God is doing a new thing. There is a higher level of grace on his church right now. There is more accurate prophecy flowing right now. God is moving. I'm seeing this in my own life. Times have passed, I missed it. Now, I really, really miss it. If I miss it, I'll own it. I'll own it, no problem. But the point is, do not despise prophecies, but test, yep, we're testing it. But not with a cynical heart, with eyes of wonder. And if it doesn't resonate and it's not accurate, it's like, put it aside. But that part and that part, that's Jesus. Lord, let it be. Amen. Hold fast what is good. Hold fast what is good. A cynical heart will always hold on to the bad. But when we have wonder, we receive. The fullness of Christ. So I want to encourage you. Let's prepare the way for a new thing. The prayers of the saints. Let's pray. Tomorrow night we're going to pray in the youth center. Come and pray. Transformation through God encounters. Trust the Lord for a God encounter. Pray for others for God encounters. And let's trust God for authentic prophetic words that rock lives. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.